got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. These Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys. Fighter Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nothing spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bello. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible Jarvis Jones. The game winner got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Oh, it is a glorious Thursday. ETSU Santos and the sidekick. Those of you who have been asking about Facebook Live, we think we finally got it figured out. We'll find out if this episode makes it today. We will not have a Friday episode because ETSU football has moved to Friday. They'll take on VMI, the Keydets. That's a 2.30 in the afternoon game. We'll be on the road, or at least I'll be on the road at 8 o'clock heading up to Lexington, Virginia. So just a a lot of things having to work out due to weather issues. Southern Conference games have been moved. National games have been moved. FBS, FCS, everything's kind of taken uh, a turn, obviously, for safety. We'll talk about that a little later. But the big thing is, uh, for those of you that have been begging to see this show and why, I have no idea. I don't think anyone's been begging. That's fair. Uh, Jay Sandoz, he's Mike Gallagher. It is Sandoz and the sidekick. You will talk to uh, Coach Scott Walkenheim a little bit later on in the show. Crazy Coach Thursday, four downs in our last segment. But up first last night was the ETSU Radio Coaches Show. Mike, what did you learn from head coach Randy Sand? Well, of course, the reason for moving the game from Saturday to Friday is because of that weather that's out east. We hope everyone's going to be all right down in that area, be very safe. Hopefully, with all the evacuations, people are able to get out of the direct line of the storm um, with plenty of time, and we certainly hope that it dissipates going up towards that southeast portion of the United States, as hurricanes do tend uh, to have happen um, as things go along. Gloom and doom is anticipated, and then a lot of times things um, kind of fall off once really the rubber's supposed to hit the road when it comes to that hurricane so hopefully that same thing happens Uh, but coach Sanders did talk about the hurricane and how this will affect his team VMI in the game itself certainly a little bit different Um, you know typically when you play a a Friday game it's on the schedule for a while it's not because it's got moved up because of a a hurricane had a little experience dealing with hurricanes last year at Florida State I think we had two games postponed but Unfortunately, what we lose is that day of review that we normally have on Thursday. So hopefully we'll have some carryover. We'll try to review it the best we can, but we're not going to be able to go out and practice the same tomorrow that we, you normally do on a Thursday. Thursdays is a, a big work day. We, we run through a lot of plays and get a lot done. You know, We'll try to still get the mental reps, but we won't get the physical, rep, physical reps like we normally do. So I kind of wonder how the experience of Florida State of having, you know, to go through the hurricane situation a couple of times it has affected the preparation for this contest. Certainly, I think that he, at least scheduling-wise, Coach Sanders uh, being involved in one of those situations before um, and a couple of times last year at Florida State, that could help because he knows what to cut out and what's still important to make sure that they get done before Friday. Yeah, I think the the, the one thing is you can't predict, right, because it's it's very difficult to – just to compare because, you know, when is the game going to be moved, when it's not. The one thing, a lot of people in Florida last year, a couple years ago, I think it was last year, 
they actually had to leave. You know, the one thing about this game is nobody's leaving. They're not having to leave town. Um, now, there might be because there's a, a few folks on the squad that have uh, family members in the Carolinas and Florida. So, um, although it's going to have the Carolinas more in Florida, you can see we have uh, several players from North and South Carolina. So, you know, how does that depend on trying to play a game? You're worried about what your family's doing, if they're, you know, how they're doing, where they're going to go. So there's all kinds of things that go into that that you just can't prepare for. I don't know with Coach Sanders going through it. Maybe he's familiar with a short work week. Yes. I, I think that would certainly play to an advantage. I don't know that VMI has been the last uh, several years. But it is kind of curious. This is the week of 9-11. Um, the last time when 9-11 happened in 2001, ETSU was going to go and play VMI. That got moved. So I don't know if uh, it's certainly I wouldn't use the word poetic uh, in, in the fact that the games were moved. But it it always seems like when you go to VMI, there's something crazy that happens. It's going to be a dark, jury, dreadful day. It's going to be raining. It's going to be windy. It's going to be an awful day for football. Uh, and that just seems to be true. Coach Sanders also discussed in, I think what for some ETSU fans is maybe a painful amount of detail now. We've heard so often the road issues that the team has had since bringing football back. And so he laid things out, uh, didn't hide from the fact that ETSU has only won one road game in the last, what is it, 16 years and no conference games. It's over 5,800 days, I think he said it was, in the coach's show last night. He attacked that head on in the coach's show. ETSU hasn't won a uh, conference road game since September 28th of 2002. So that's that's a pretty good while. So we we got a challenge, and I think we've only won one game, truly road game, since uh, brought football back. So we we got to go fight. We got a chance to do something that hadn't been done uh, around here in a long time, and something hadn't been done very often at all. We we got to learn how to win on the road. I know uh, the fans like me. We we want to get to the position where we're competing and competing for championships and competing to go to the playoffs. And if we're going to do that, we got to learn to win on the road. No question. And uh, no time, no time better than now to start. Well, I think the the biggest thing there is the fact that there is the one road win. It was Kennesaw State a couple of years ago to open up the season. Ironically, because they are now like a top level program right, at this right. level. And 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 it, you know they had just started football at the same time, so they were both second year programs. And and Kennesaw State obviously beat ETSU the first year at Kermit Tipton Stadium to to restart uh, the program for ETSU, their first ever game. But he's right. I mean, the simple fact is that the Bucks, if you're going to be competitive, you have to win on the road. And the truth is, what do young teams struggle the most with? On the road, right? They're not familiar in those environments. Now, will last week kind of help out? You know, it's obviously a different environment. You're not going to have 96,000 people and everything like that. But it's certainly a, a situation where ETSU has struggled mightily on the road. They've really only been competitive in a couple of games on the road. And so we'll see how that goes. And We'll see what we expect from VMI. And again, uh, I think you got one more bite. Yeah, well, we we didn't include this in your five steps. We often talk about your five steps of getting football back to being 100%. But I, I wonder, and I don't think anyone saw things unfolding the way they have in terms of being um, in a situation of struggling so much on the road. But if you had known that the road would be such an issue, would you have included that? Would it have been a six-step program? Well, I, I – because yes. winning on the road to, is a big well, thing, and that is well, to, one of the last to, things to come, of course. Right. And, you know, the five steps was really about everyone understanding it's there. I, you yeah. know, I don't know. Not to make I will say this. Deep into those steps, if you yeah, had to put together steps of wanting to compete for a Southern Conference championship, it most certainly would be in the four or five steps you would, you would include there, right? First of all, you need to learn how to win games you should win. 
then you should try to win a you know a conference game at home. And then I think the third thing is you should win a road conference game. And then after that, maybe if you play like FCS opponents, win those. And then if you can play ranked teams, such as a win against Sanford, you got to win the ranked games. But I think it would certainly be number two or three on the list when you're talking about trying to get to where you need to be as a Southern Conference team, and especially if you want to compete for championships. Randy tends to protect a lot of his guys in the media, and that's, I think, a good thing. Uh, you know, you're, you're not throwing guys under the bus. You're not throwing them uh, into the fire and saying, you know, this guy has to do better, this guy has to do better. And he also does that in terms of positives. He doesn't spread a lot of positives either, I think, just to keep guys level. But he was very blunt at the end of the coach's show last night about where things have gone wrong when they have early on in this season. We gotta go play well. We gotta go play like they're coached to play. It's, it's amazing how many uh, mistakes we had last week, just because guys try to do their own thing. They're trying. They're trying to either a do too much, or b got intimidated by the the crowd, the atmosphere, whatever it was, and and forgot what they knew. Yeah, and I tell them all the time, guys, you know what to do. Just do what you know. Do you? You don't have to have an S on your chest. You don't have to do anything special. Just. Do your job and do what you know. Right now, just to be honest with you, we, we, we got too many instances where guys just, they aren't doing what they know. It, 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 they just lose, uh, whether it's their focus, their discipline, their intensity, whatever it may be. Once we quit doing, um, trying to be heroes and we all just start making smart plays, then we'll all be heroes. Yeah, and I think that's the big thing, right? The, the defensive breakdowns. That happened in the first game, Mars Hill, and on the first drive, and uh, a couple of Tennessee, because let's be honest, Tennessee, there was a, a, a couple of big plays, and talking to uh, not just Billy Taylor, defense coordinator, but also to head coach uh, Randy Sanders, they talked about how it was one guy, and that's all it takes, not to do what they're supposed to do, or try to make a big play, or think they're going to do something, and or just forget what they're supposed to do, just like he just said. And then those led to the big plays, whether it was a long completion down the field. But there was a couple of uh, big rush games where somebody was supposed to go a certain way, everyone else went a certain way expecting somebody to fill that one gap. Nobody was there to fill that gap. Next thing you know, it's a you know, 15, 20-yard gain down the field uh, before he can stop them. So they got to eliminate those mistakes on the defensive end. And, you know, that's the one thing probably that you would talk about. Sometimes it's easy when the defense does have a lot and sometimes maybe guys think they know more than they know or think they recognize something. But what they probably players understand is coaches sometimes set things up, right? You run something to look like, look like, and all of a sudden they wait till you start cheating. Then all of a sudden they go back um, to where you are. So, I, you know, I, I think he's, he's right about that, uh, you know, the do your job thing. And, you know, if everybody just doesn't have to be spectacular, but if you just do what you're supposed to do, everything will work out. And so we'll see how that goes against VMI. And what we're going to talk about with Coach Walkenheim on the other side of our first time out is about that exact thing and how his team tried to adjust to Wofford and that kind of triple option style. That's something that if you're trying to play that quote-unquote hero football like Coach Sanders talked about, that you can really get yourself into some trouble because as Coach Coach Walkenheim said, and you'll hear it here in just a few moments, but even if you had the pitch, you think the fullback has the ball, and so then you close on the dive, and, and then the pitch is unattended to. Do you really know who has the ball? Things are moving so fast, so it's tough to tell with Wofford, and they're so good at running that they practice it so often where some of his guys were caught out of position, and, and it's just something that you can't have happen, whether you're VMI or ETSU, especially, I think, this week in a situation where there's going to be a lot of things that are 
out of the control, it seems like, of the players that are going to be on the field. Of course, the scheduling, the short week, the weather, and while I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of weather that affects the game aside from maybe that rain, the precipitation, I'm not sure if there's going to be anything aside from that, whether it be high winds or any other factors uh, with Mother Nature that move in and affect the game. It's still something where there's going to be so much going on that you cannot beat yourself, and you have to play your responsibility. And while Coach Sanders says a lot of the typical coach things in the coaches show and in the media, I think he's just speaking exactly what is on his mind. I think that he believes before you can take that next step to get into the upper echelons and get um, solidly into a situation every season where you're going to have a winning record and go compete with those top ten teams in the country and be able to beat a Wofford you know, time in, time out, that you first have to master the things that you need to do on a play-by-play basis before he can take it to that uh, upper echelon type FCS football. Oh, I, I totally agree. I, th- I think that's uh, exactly what he's talking to, alluding to. And, it, uh, you know, young team, let's be honest, the, the, the secondary is the youngest. I know some cornerbacks have, have got a lot of action, but the safeties, Art Smith's still very new. Uh, Ty Robinson is just a sophomore. Todd Tucker is going to be activated for this week. Uh, he's a sophomore as a freshman. Saw a little bit of time. So uh, especially the, the back end. And when we get into the option-type teams, I mean, you, the safeties have to come downhill. They've got to meet the blocks. They've got to, you know, outside leverage, turn them back in. They've got to be able to take their responsibility. And it just takes one blown assignment on those little three-back sets. VMI is going to chunk it around in the same token. It's the opposite. They've got to make sure, you know, what if they're in a zone, what zone they're covering. If they're a man, they've got to make sure here they can't be jumping routes. They're going to throw, um, you know, four or five wide receiver sets. They're going to throw the wide receiver screens. They're going to, uh, you know, mix in a little bit of run here and there, but they're going to chunk it about 70% of the time. So the secondary would be tested. What can help the secondary is certainly the defensive lineman as far as getting pressure on the quarterback, just break up the, the rhythm, uh, you know, make a move a little bit or, or whatever that may be. And the linebackers uh, will have their responsibilities in the pass game too and may see some different linebacking. You know, Alonzo uh, Francois, for an example, sort of the third down uh, specialist as a linebacker, but let's be honest, he's more of a defensive back than an outside linebacker. So there'll be some different things, but the Bucks can get some pressure. But again, it just takes a couple. If all of a sudden the defensive end are thinking, hey, they're going to throw it every time, and they start getting up the field too much, all they're going to do is start running that draw right behind them. So it goes across the, the board no matter what offense you're playing. Be curious to see how the Bucks react on the road and how they react to really the last time they went there and the last win for VMI uh, where they got throttled pretty good. And, you know, and we talked to Nasir Player about that at the press conference on Monday and how, you know, he wanted to bounce back. And they know the stats. A, they lost that game and went into it a little overconfident, he admits. And, and uh, you know, most of the coaching staff saying, well, right now we can't be overconfident over anybody. I mean, we only won one road game. It's not like you we're good enough to walk in and just beat somebody. But he also talked about, you know, trying to, to get that first Southern Conference road win because that's something that he doesn't have, right? Doesn't have one of those. So there's a lot of goals going into that game, and I think the, the coaching staff's in on it, and I think the players are at least on the same page. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think with ETSU and VMI, it's going to be a key game for both sides, right? I mean, it's the second conference game for VMI and for ETSU their first. And to get started on the right foot and kind of turn the page from Tennessee and really see what ETSU has because, as, again, we'll talk about with Coach Walker, I mean, both of these teams, I'm not sure if they really know what they have yet because each has played an FBS side, and then, of course, um, VMI throttled by Wofford last week, and ETSU, of course, with a 28-7 win over Mars Hill. Coach Billy Taylor that talked with you um, just yesterday, and we're going to air that tomorrow on the pregame show that starts at 1 o'clock on the Buccaneer Sports Network, he said that 
we can't be overconfident over anyone because that Mars Hill game was a dogfight for a lot of the time. It was by no means a definitive result. So knowing where each team is, at least in terms of competing against the teams that they have and then getting a better idea of what you need to improve on against the Southern Conference opponents, that's going to be big this weekend. Well, when we come back, we will talk to the opposing head coach, Scott Walkenheim. Mike Gallagher got a chance to catch up with him. Also, it's uh, Thursday, so what does that mean? Crazy Coach. Crazy Coach Thursday. We'll talk about him. Got some good sound bites. Not Got one from Randy Sanders. Got a couple from uh, the legend. The legends. There's a couple of legends on Crazy Coach Thursday. Oh, we got a couple. I like it. So uh, we'll have that for him. And also, we got four downs. That's our last segment. But Coach Walkenheim from VMI will be on the program right after the short timeout. You are watching on Facebook Live. Don't forget to download us on SoundCloud and subscribe to us and download on iTunes. It is Sandos and the Sidekick. More from the Buccaneers Sports Network. Get ready to get your game on with the Tennessee Lottery and fill up your day with fun. Like when you need to upgrade the fun on that road trip. When you could use a little did I just win $50 fun. Woo, yeah! Or when you like to add a side of fun to that next snack. Mm, wow, good. Would you like some fun with that? Oh, yeah. Then play the Tennessee Lottery. And for just a dollar or two, you can get your game on. Please remember, play responsibly. Citizens Bank and our growing lending team are excited to support the game broadcasts of the ETSU Buccaneers. We are proud to provide a lineup of options that fit the needs of local businesses, whether it's an expansion loan, remote deposit service, SBA loan, or treasury management services. We can help your business grow. Visit our website or your local Citizens branch to speak with a qualified lender to learn more. From everyone at Citizens Bank, go Bucks! Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! I feel like day after day it's all the same. I know there's more out there. I, I just can't reach out and grab it. <laughs> Does that sound crazy? Um, no, but I'm a butcher. Perhaps a nice seafood dinner would help? Gosh, that sounds great. Excellent. I'll steam some shrimp for you. Really? No one's ever said that before. At Food City, our butchers can't solve your existential crisis, but they can offer a ton of other great services you won't find at most other grocery stores. Butchers make it better. Only at Food City. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda... You can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City.
Sando Sin, the sidekick, back with you on this Thursday afternoon. Don't forget ETSU football moved up a day. Our coverage of the broadcast at 1 o'clock, 2.30 kickoff between the Keydets and ETSU. So Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher with you. We're going to hear from just a second Coach Scott Wackenheim, the fourth-year head coach for the VMI Keydets. What did you learn from him? Yeah, about seven minutes or so with Coach Wackenheim. Uh, awesome, very cordial as always, second year in a row that I've talked with him, and he says he'll always make time for us. you got to love that, especially knowing that he um, has lost 19 in a row. You know, you can get downtrodden, cut yourself off from the media, and not be someone that uh, wants to be out there and face things, you know, uh, head on, uh, like like a coach, like like an adult, you know what I mean? I mean, even in that kind of situation, when you haven't won in so many years, uh, it's, it's easy to um, shy away from the discourse and the conversation and it's something that you don't like to hammer your opponent on either. We haven't, I don't think, at all this week been like, oh, 19 in a row, well, this is a walkover, you know, and Coach Sanders is making sure that he doesn't have that happen with his players as well. So uh, it was a good conversation. Um, Coach Wackenheim is a very good talker. Uh, I'm excited that we can share this one before the pregame tomorrow at 1 o'clock on the Buccaneer Sports Network. So, Trey, hit it with Coach Wackenheim. We'll discuss after it's done. Coach, welcome, and thanks again for the time. Uh, Thanks for having me on the show, and uh, looking forward to chatting with you. We talked last year a little bit later in the season, November 4th, a 24-6 win for the Bucks to avenge that loss to your team in 2016. What differences did you see between those two games in your team's performance and the one of ETSU and the kind of drastically different results? I thought ETSU played an excellent game last year. They were, you know, solid in, in all three phases, and they and they beat us in all three phases last year. They were, they, they moved the ball, ball efficiently, uh, offensively, defensively. They got after us, and, and once they got the lead, they uh, controlled the time of possession. Both of your matchups with ETSU so far have been with Carl Torbush as the head coach. Now coming into this year, do you see differences? that matter a whole lot to this game with the new regime in Johnson City and Randy Sanders taking over? Well, Randy's obviously offensive-minded coming from Florida State, but the the offenses are similar, but they definitely have a touch of uh, Randy's flair for doing things, and uh, you can see the explosive uh, plays that that happened against uh, you know, Mars Hill and the opener that Randy brought from Florida State's offense. It's been familiar with them for a long time. Defensively, the defense uh, coordinator remained, and the, the defense is, is strikingly, you know, almost exactly the same. Special teams, uh, some major changes in how they line up and punt and cover kicks, but, uh, you know, same hard-playing team, and I'm sure Randy's personality is taking over the team as he reaches game three, and uh, it looks like a very, very talented uh, ETSU team was very impressed uh, with a way they beat a very good Mars Hill team and then you know they were they were getting after uh, Tennessee's butt in that ball game and playing extremely well I think it's interesting these two teams meeting now coach both coming off two matchups where I'm not sure there's a whole lot to glean from either for each side in terms of knowing where you match up with teams that are in your same conference in the same stratosphere of college football you've each played an FBS team of course week one ETSU played a division two in Mars Hill last week you get a Wofford team that on a given day can upset an FBS team top 10 in the nation at FCS on any given day you'd think that that is a possibility so you would have a better idea than me. Where do you feel ETSU and your side are coming into week three? Well, I feel ETSU is a very talented football team. I watch uh, their defensive line, Nasser, led by Nasser Player, number 45, who, uh, you know, Tennessee didn't block all day, and they held Tennessee to negative one yard rushing for most of the first half. And they were, you know, if they won for the block punt and two turnovers, you know, 
they might not have scored in the whole first half. So I was very impressed with the way ETSU's defensive line and linebackers played. Of course, you know, Dylan Wager, he has more tackles than anybody. I mean, we had a lot of guys with Kratzenberg and Francis who have graduated, but Dylan's, you know, in the same league as those guys as far as tackling. You know, again, very impressed with uh, J.J. Germain. I think he's one of the best kickers in all of Division One FCS football. Offensively, you can see a difference in speed and a, a tremendous upgrade in speed at the receiver and running back positions. And, and Logan March, he's a very accurate passer and when he's thrown on rhythm and he can run and, and beat you with his legs as well. So, in the offensive line, you, I can't say, I think there's physical and offensive line that uh, I've seen. So, I think they're right there with all the uh, SOCON teams fighting for the top position um a very good team from when i watch them on tape how about your side a lot of new faces on the field this year for your team you mentioned alan kratzenberg and ryan francis a couple of leaders on the defensive side were gone from last year at the linebacker position you're also con defensive back greg sanders as well duncan hodges and daz palmer qb and running back also gone who do you have filling their roles and what do they do well for you well, I like Rishi Dinsky, who's our starting quarterback. I think he's a, a very accurate passer, and he makes great decisions back there and does a good job running the show. We're bigger and stronger in the O-line than we've been in my era here, but we're younger as well, starting a true freshman, a left tackle, uh, Marshall Gill, and, and some young guys up front. But uh, our receivers are all a year older from last year, and uh, they're learning the new system that Brian Shepard brought in here from northern Arizona. Uh, and our running backs are, again, a year older, and I like the way uh, Quan Myers and Alex Ramsey uh, pair together. Defensively, we do have some young guys at linebackers stepping in the roles of, uh, you know, we lost all four starting linebackers last year, so those guys are, are learning on the run, and they were tested against the uh, disciplined style you have to play against Wofford's triple option. Uh, like our defensive line, again, we've gotten bigger back there, and uh, we are, we're experienced at corner with guys that have played in uh, quite a few ball games for us. So um, I like where we are. We're a very young team, predominantly freshmen and sophomores they practice extremely hard and then they play extremely hard and you know we need to get smarter uh, this week and more physical this week and we play a tough ETSU game team with the contrasting styles that Wofford and Toledo have coach was it difficult to kind of prepare your men for two very different styles of play they were getting ready for the first two weeks uh, the results would say that uh, we worked extremely hard in um in preseason training camp to do both. Uh, you know, we play three option teams in uh, Wofford, the Citadel, and uh, Furman. And so we work very hard on the option every day of practice on defense. It's just the first time you play it as a young player, you, you try too hard. Like, you, you think the fullback has the ball, and so even though you're responsible for the pitch, you go tackle the dive, and the next thing you know, the, the ball's pitched out there, and the guy responsible is not there. Later in the game, we played our option responsibilities better and it did a better job uh, stopping it. But so I think we learned a valuable lesson about Wofford that we hate. We have to do our job first, and that's what I'm talking about, uh, playing smart football. And then we have to do a better job tackling. We, we actually had 260 live scrimmage snaps in training camp because we knew – we were young and had to, you know, block and tackle live. But, uh, you know, it showed uh, last Saturday that we need to continue to work on doing that. Do you see the possible weather that's going to be moving in around game time, Coach, from, of course, Hurricane Florence that's coming up through the southeast portion of the country, helping or hurting your team? Well, I don't think it's going to be much of an impact on the game other than, you know, rain. So I, th I think both teams have similar offense and defensive styles, so I think we'll have the same impact on both teams. Finally, Coach, just keys to the game for your team to win their second in three against ETSU. Uh, we have to play smart.
smart football. We have to play physical football, and uh, we have to play with great effort for 60 minutes. Thanks very much for the time, Coach Walkenheim. We wish you the best going forward. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. So that's comments from uh, Scott Walkenheim, the head coach of VMI, and I thought uh, very interesting uh, comments, but I thought similar to Randy Sanders, right? That's really what he harped on was just the assignment football and and not doing that's got them a little bit of trouble. And they played two different varying teams. Toledo, and I watched uh, a majority of the first half of of that and Wofford, but but Toledo throws it around and my goodness, they got a couple wide receivers that uh, one was an All-American last year, so he just ran fits uh, or caused a lot of fits for VMI in the secondary. Yeah, and I didn't want to demean VMI by saying that Wofford isn't in their stratosphere, but I think fair to say, right, I don't think Coach Wackenheim is fooling himself saying we've lost 19 in a row, so we're going to compete with a team that's number eight in the country. I think Toledo, Wofford, and if you match up Toledo and Wofford on a week-by-week basis, I think Wofford may be able to take one or two from Toledo, so I mean, those are two teams that, you know, top end of the FCS, and then Toledo, uh, maybe, I don't know, we'd call it middle of the FBS, right around there in the MAC. You well, know? They were MAC champions last year, so, so I mean, they won their... The depending on what you think sure. of the MAC, then, yeah. yeah, so, so I mean, with those two teams being what they are, um, and losing what they have at VMI, there's just so much turnover. You watch the tape on VMI uh, as much as anyone, I think, going up to the game, so looking from last year to this year, there's going to be a lot of new faces, so uh, Coach Walkenheim, I, I think, uh, you know, very good at the stocky answers as well, um, but he's in a similar position right now as Randy Sanders, I think, still trying to build, still trying to get to a point where he feels consistently confident about his team and their ability to do the little things to set them up for success. Well, we go from one coach uh, to our crazy coach. He's going to hear some sound bites. He's going to tell us what coaches are really thinking, uh, and he's not going to give the stock answers that Scott Walkenheim was giving you or Randy Sanders gave us a a little bit earlier. We may ask Coach uh, Crazy Coach to break down a couple of those comments for us, but we're very excited. we got some sound bites. Crazy Coach is on hold. We'll get to him in just a second. Uh, again, Santa's sidekick back on Facebook Live. We hope we figured this out to, to have more shows uh, on Facebook Live, but certainly you can download us every day, SoundCloud and iTunes. You can subscribe to the RSS feed. You can get an update. As soon as it gets uploaded, you'll be able to listen to our show daily. Santos and Sidekick will continue with Crazy Coach right after this time out from the Buccaneer Sports Network. Nicewanger Children's Hospital is proud to be the only hospital in the region dedicated to serving kids, teens, and their families. With over 20 subspecialists in pediatric medicine, as well as access to the Level 1 Trauma Center at Johnson City Medical Center, we are committed to providing hope and healing to you and your family. To learn more, visit nicewangerchildrens.org. That's nicewangerchildrens.org. The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Here's the deal. At Wendy's, every hamburger is made with fresh, never frozen beef. Now here's the big deal. You can get a day's double with a half pound of hot and juicy beef, along with small fries and a drink for just $5 when you download the Wendy's app. And the real deal? That's a whole lot of delicious Wendy's food for just $5. Download the app today. Fresh beef available in the contiguous U.S., Alaska, and Canada at participating Wendy's for a limited time. 
Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson's Getting locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. A red zone defense is like Oprah, like you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. All aboard! <laughs> uh, I got a bunch of mama's boys right now, and uh, we just won't buck up more necks, and we got to get through that. We couldn't do diddly offensively. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? If you were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. Hello? You play to win the game. I just hope we can win a game. Well, we didn't block it. But we made up for it by not tackling. Ben Wallace and Mo Williams fell down more than a baby learning to walk. That's how it goes. That is. I'll tell you what, I don't know. Every time I hear that, it's one of my favorite bumpers. Uh, I, I just stole that from you because every time you hear a bumper, it's your favorite of all That's time. That's right. But uh, I, I still think, like, is it Jim Moore of the Diddly Poo? Diddly Poo. We didn't do Diddly Poo yeah, offensively. Yeah, that and John McKay's, you know, well, we didn't block, but we made up for it by not tackling. There's several. And then the Stan Van Gundy's always classic. Stan the man. But. That uh, bumper means one thing. We have a guest on the phone. He is our crazy coach, what coaches are really thinking. So crazy coach, as you can see, his lovely headshot there um, as his uh, identity is protected. Crazy coach, thank you for joining us on Thursday. That is unbelievable. That is the best look, that headshot. I'm in good shape. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Last week we kind of eased you in, but we have. I'm going to tell you who we have quotes from, and then we'll backtrack. We're going to start, I believe, with Randy Sanders, and then we're going to go to uh, one of our favorite coaches on the program, which is Herm Edwards, and then we're going to go to Chucky, if you will, John Gruden. So we've got some coaches quotes for you to hear, and we're going to just get your coach reaction or at least tell us what those coaches are really thinking or what they're trying to say and mean so that the common person who don't understand coaches can figure out what it is. So we're going to start with Randy Sanders first. So, Coach, here's your first bite. This game was as much about respect as anything else. We had to come down here and we had to earn our respect. 
and, and respect isn't always reflecting on the scoreboard. You know, the, the scoreboard got out of hand. Uh, really disappointed with the way that went. Obviously, we wanted to try to win the game, and we didn't expect it for the final score to be what it was. But our guys kept fighting, kept competing, kept battling, and talking to their coaches after the game. I, I, I think our guys got a lot of respect from a number of their coaches, and I'm sure their players too. And this is a process, and we're we're on our way towards learning how to play winning football. So my question is: the learning how to play winning football interpret that of what I've of coaches. So basically, you know, the final score, crazy coach, it was 59-3. Talking about learning, winning football. When people hear that, they think, well, my goodness, you got to beat 59-3. Talk about what he means or what he's saying specifically when he's talking about learning, winning football. Well, let's, first, let's go back a second, Jay. Uh, you know, I want ETSU to win, but uh, I really wasn't looking forward to that walk up the highway from Coach Sanders. <laughs> So let's, let's just get that out of the way right away. So, but uh, he's just talking about winning. Uh, you know, when you when you're out there and uh, you got to play these games so uh, you can move your program forward. He, if you really look at it, I think Tennessee uh, might have been scared a little early, and uh, they might have been praying for that weather delay because our guys did pretty good the first you know, 10 minutes, I would really have liked to have been in the locker room for what was said at Tennessee because uh, when they came out of the locker room, it was a different team. But when you start trying to build a program, you got to go play games and compete. And I think that's what Coach Sanders was talking about. His guys were out there competing. And then the next step now is, is competing and learning to win uh, against like opponents, and that's where they are right now. Um, we'll see, I guess, uh, tomorrow uh, the reaction from the players of going from playing in front of 100,000 to now playing in front of, I uh, hope, maybe 10,000. I don't know what BMI draws. But uh, he's just talking about the basic startup of trying to build a program, and you have to have guys committed to winning, and that means at crunch time, they're going to make the right plays. Um, so, I mean, that's that's basically that was a pretty simple one, and uh, I think you uh, have to look at it in the long run and and say, okay, we got out of there without a lot of major injuries. So, I think the team is is now going to have to compete with guys there, you know, like abilities. Crazy coach, these guys know how to win, right? They've won at high school programs. They've won all coming throughout their careers. And so now getting to college, I think that's where, for me, some of the confusion came in learning to play winning football. These guys know how to play winning football, right? They just don't know how to do it at this level. Well, uh, you know, when you go recruit, um, one of the things coaches look at is is do they come out of winning programs? And uh, I don't know the roster that well, uh, but – if, if you have not experienced winning uh, and then you're just going to try to learn on the college level, that's, that's completely different. Um, so I, you'd have to take a breakdown of every, every player in the roster and, and see, you know, where they came from. And I'm sure um, if you look at the roster, uh, most of the guys probably played in winning programs because winning programs attract coaches college coaches i mean you're you know if you if you see a guy from a one in ten program i mean he might have been putting up those big numbers uh after 
you know, he was down 30 nothing at halftime. So that's what you got to look at. Like I said, I can't tell you exactly uh, where all these guys came from, but uh, you do learn to win early. Um, and you want guys that have competed and, and won games, not only, you know, it's in, in the regular season, but in the playoffs. So that's, that's definitely uh, what he's looking for right there. Trey back in studio. Let's play number two for Crazy Coach. It's only the front end of Herm Edwards, one of our favorite coaches here on Santos and the Sidekick. Really, throughout everyone that works on the show, aside from Jacob Townsend, who isn't here, and, and I think it's probably better that he isn't here today because he would probably rip apart Herm for the very first part of what he said post game after that Arizona State win over Michigan. So play the first soundbite we have from Herm Edwards, Trey. Most college coaches want to score. Well, there it is. I mean, most college coaches want to score. Uh, crazy Coach, I don't think you'll find many dissenters of that theory, will you? Well, wouldn't you say all college coaches want to score? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, when you end up scoring and you have more points than the other team, you usually win. I mean, that's that's what you're trying to do out there. Um, and I, I, didn't, I know they won. Um, I didn't get to see any of that game, but I know they won. So uh, I'm sure Herm's happy, and that's that's you know, that's pretty much Herm right there. You never know what you're going to get from him. I mean, he's, uh, I mean, I think they're going to miss him on the NFL Today Show or whatever because he he knew how to drop quotes better than anybody. Well, and so the second part of this soundbite, and if Jacob were here, he'd probably rip apart Herm for that first part, but it was kind of taken out of context because he does go on to say a lot of intelligent things. This whole soundbite was about that last drive in uh, that Arizona State-Michigan State game where it's 13-13. They're in position to score a touchdown and really can probably punch it in at any time, move closer to the goal line, and possibly even score too soon, which is what Coach Edwards was guarding against. Let's hear the whole soundbite, Trey. Most college coaches want to score. They always think points are the thing, and that's how offenses are run. It's possessions for most of these teams. How many possessions do you have? How many times can you score? And that's where it gets away from them, I think. Probably a lot of coaches in that moment would have wanted to score a touchdown. I was opposite. We don't have to score a touchdown to win this game because I was nervous about the fact that, look, we give them too much time. I've seen this too many times in college football. They go right back down the field. Because, see, college football is different because the clock stops every time you make first down. That's a problem. you got to understand that part of it because in pro football, that, that's not the case. I mean, you run out of timeouts and you don't run out of bounds, you're good. You're solid. It's college football. Every time you make that first down, that thing, they got to set the change. That thing stops. And the way offenses play now, they're up on the line of scrimmage so fast, it's about a second or two, and they're going again. And so that's what makes me nervous about college game of always trying to score. Crazy coach, everyone ripped apart Herm Edwards saying he's not going to be able to go from the NFL to the college level. He's never coached at college. It's been so many years since he's been out of coaching and now coming to a completely new environment and a new game. He's going to have no idea. He's going to play it like it's the NFL. Well, on the back end, he kind of has, developing that kind of GM, CEO-type system he has in the management style of Arizona State. But listen to Coach Herm Edwards. He knows what he's doing at the college level. He's playing to the college game. Now, you have some experience coaching at the college level. I think there is some comparisons that we can do here. If you were to go to the NBA and coach, I think that you would have the same type of carryover that Herm Edwards has had from the NFL to college. It's just going the other direction from college to the NBA. That might be quite an adjustment, but I'm sure you feel like you would be able to have the same type of success as Herm. Well, yeah. I mean, you have to look at this, okay? Coach, he was in the NFL. He did not have to recruit. 
he did not have to watch his players uh, 24-7 to make sure they're eating, to make sure they're in the dorms. These guys in the NFL, they have one thing to look at, game film. And that's all they deal with, game film 24-7. So if you watch an NFL game or if you watch an N- NBA game, there's more coaching going on in in a game than some college coaches get to do over five or ten games because that's all they have to deal with. They don't have to deal with, okay, tomorrow morning, I know we won tonight, but did these guys go to class? I mean, did these guys – and then you got to worry about recruiting. So in the NFL, uh, I mean, you just got to look at the total of it, the number of hours they're allowed to spend in, in just watching the game. And Herb, he, he was on it. I mean, if you look at an NFL game and say, okay, you got to go the full length of the uh, field, and, and the clock never stops unless the ball goes out of bounds or incomplete. Well, in college, he said it very correctly that every time there's a first down, okay, they, you know, the officials got to run up, put the first down marker, slow the game down, and go. So instead of maybe have a chance for four plays in college, you, you might get eight to ten plays because of the way it stops. So if you're looking at it that way, uh, like I said, NFL guys have just time to break down game film while college guys got to work about all the other stuff on the, on the outside. Well, the, we got one more bite, but let me say this too about college and pro. The the one thing of I think the pro guys I think would have a hard time adjusting to, you know, when there's a bad recruit, you're stuck with the recruit at least for that year, and then maybe you try to move on. And the pros, right? You just fire them and get another guy, right? You just wave them, well, get somebody else. Oh well, yeah, you just I mean, you got to go out and say okay. You make up a story that, uh, okay, he he's really a good player. He just doesn't fit in my system, so I think he'd be better for you. And then you try to, uh, you know, I don't know if you really lie to the other GM, but you never really tell him the full truth. And then you try to exchange players and, and see what happens. I mean, and that, that theory that, uh, you know, guys, you know, it's just a different mentality of, when you recruit somebody, I mean, you're stuck with him for four years. I don't think that's true anymore, um, you know, the way kids transfer nowadays. But um, it's much easier to replace a, a, a player that don't fit your system in the, in the pro world than it is the college world. Herm Edwards having success at his new stop, not so much with at the pro level in football on the West Coast. Uh, probably only a number of hours away from Herm. You have John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders getting slapped around by L.A. this past week on Monday Night Football. And Coach Gruden faced the media bravely. He's been a member of the media for quite some time. Here's what he had to say. I'll answer any questions that I can. We did call his number uh, several times, and uh, sometimes the coverage dictates that we go elsewhere. We've got to do a better job as a coaching staff getting him the football. We expect a lot better from ourselves, and, uh, and it goes on me. We expect a lot better from ourselves. I'll answer any questions that I can. And then that middle bite was about getting the ball to Amari Cooper, widely thought of as one of the best physical talents at wide receiver in the NFL. Those three bites, Crazy Coach, anything stand out to you? He just sounded very disappointed, downtrodden. When he says, I'll answer any questions that I can, what does that coach speak for? He's going to answer the ones he wants to answer. (laughs) And uh, without saying right now, I don't know if these players are good enough that I thought. So right now he's protecting his team. 
um, from uh, some embarrassing play, I guess. But uh, it's okay. I mean, him and Kenny Hawkins can worry about the Raiders for the rest of their lives now because they're both getting that big money. Well, here was the other thing he said. Uh, what a coach! I got to do a, a, a better job of get. You hear that all the time. Co- coaches, you know, trying to take responsibility. It's trying, on me. Yeah, it's on me a lot. It, is it really on them a lot, or or is that just a good way of of covering for everybody Being else? Or do you know? Well, I mean, for John Gruden, to me, it's simple. He's getting a hundred mil for ten years. So, no matter what happens, right? They're going to point a finger at him. Well, you know, the coaches. Uh, and said this all a long time, and this is coaches get too much credit and too much blame for sometimes for the players that they can make plays. And I just think that looking at what he said there, that they really uh, maybe should have went after Amari a little more, tried to get him uh, in different spots, but they uh, they didn't do it. So. Uh, that's got to be a conversation between uh, Coach Gruden and his offensive coordinator. Try to come up with some more options to get him the ball. And I, like I said, I, uh, I didn't see. I, saw, I watched a couple minutes of that game, but I didn't watch the whole game, so I couldn't tell you how many times he was targeted. Um, and then if he was targeted, could uh, could the quarterback get him the ball? Maybe the quarterback's not enough, you know, good enough to get him the ball in the tight situations. I don't, I don't know that right now. He's not. Yeah, well, let's say that we'll run out of time. Uh, crazy coach, we appreciate. It. We're gonna have more sound bites next week for you to break down for us. I was entertained at least with this segment. It was everything I wanted it to be. I will say this on your silhouette headshot, if you will. It was pointed out to me from a, a loyal listener viewer, uh, my wife, that the head is slightly uh, less large than it should be. That we should enlarge to to make it to scale. <laughs> that the size of your head should well, be clearly. Good. That increased could, you could then uh, easily find who i am that way i mean that's wrong well that's I mean, fair that <laughs> could give you away i mean that's come fair. on i mean you're yeah. trying to protect me i mean what the heck <laughs> i mean so and by the way that crazy you know the angry guy Ooh. Mm-hmm. where'd you got, get him he's got some venom doesn't he uh, oh, you know, I could do I could do a daily show with him i just limit him to tuesdays he literally comes uh, in the office mad every day about something it's unbelievable now, when he comes to the office, do you got to get him back to like a certain place by like five o'clock? So they got him tied down at nighttime, or what's so he up? can live the rest of his life. That's exactly it. No, I, I listen. I just get him out the door. I'm not really concerned at that point. I'm just making sure the building's right, still fellas. standing wise here. All right, thanks, Tom. Guys, coach. See. Okay, that was kind of bo- hey. By the way, that that was kind of boring. I mean, we need give me some upgrade okay. next week. All right, I mean, all right. Like, I will. Like the Randy Sanders, I will really Randy Sanders thing. That was good. <laughs> I will scour the internet for sound bites way taken out of context. How's that? That's good because that's what you media do most of the time anyway. So, that's fair. Uh, let's just right, do it like you're really doing that's a good point. it. So what the heck? All Have right, a great crazy day. coach. Enjoy yep. the show. All right, man. Four downs coming up next. Sando Sidekick. Don't forget SoundCloud, iTunes. You can follow us there. And hopefully uh, we're on Facebook Live today. We can hope to continue that moving forward now we've figured it out. But Sando's in the Sidekick. Four downs with Trey Adams after this word from the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. 
Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace, and the massive ballroom to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole, the clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. 19- 13. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Now. Four. Now. Four. Now. Four. 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 Now. I know you'll find this shocking, but this is somehow Mike Gallagher's favorite uh, bumper. It's just so catchy. It's just literally every bumper of every day we have a new favorite bumper. It, it, it's, it will be stuck in your head the rest What's of the, the day. What's the one thing, like uh, the, the over-exaggerator, just, just like he's the favorite great – like the guy that says he's the greatest player of all time or is the greatest player I've ever seen in my entire life, and they, they have a new one every day. I feel like you're that guy. I'm going to ask with Angry the Man about that. With the, with, with the bumpers, of course. Yeah. Well, every, there is a new great bumper every day. And, and thankfully, that... we've spread it out enough over the week where I feel like everyone can walk away with one bumper in their head the rest of the day, and then it'll be different every day. And then it'll come back next week, and it'll be over and over and over, and it'll never get out of your head, and you'll love Sanderson the sidekick. All right, there we go. All right, four downs, Trey Adams, go. First down. All right, so we start with ETSU football. Of course, you know ETSU playing tomorrow instead of Saturday due to the impending Hurricane Florence getting ready to hit. So uh, expected to rain tomorrow in Lexington, Virginia. So what's the over/under on the Bucks having 300 yards of total offense? Over, uh, and the likelihood is, is I'm 97 percent sure they'll have over. 300 yards of total offense, even in a bad wood. I think the offense actually has a better 
uh, chance uh, at getting yards and defense because, one, I think the offense knows where they're going. I think they know what they're doing. I think they've a little bit of a game plan. Defense has to be reactive. The other thing is they usually have to play softer, right, because of uh, conditions and, and try not to overrun everything. So I'm going to go – now the wind is the biggest factor. So if it's just rain, I think the offense has the biggest advantage. But with wind, that that could throw a monkey wrench and throw in the football. But I think ETSU is going to have a big day on the ground. I think they'll have over 200 yards of rushing again. They'll be able to throw it for about two. I think they'll have 400-plus uh, total yards against VMI. Uh, I'll go 300-plus. Next. Second down. All right, we move on to ETSU Volleyball. Uh, of course, they're heading to Western Kentucky to play in the Western Kentucky tournament this weekend. Uh, at any at any point this weekend, do they get another three-set sweep like they had uh, earlier against Appalachian State this week? Well, we know my predictions have been spot on about ETSU volleyball the entire year. Three three straight wins, a co- three straight set wins a couple of weekends ago, and predicted that. And then, of course, with happened. Appalachian State, that's not true. Appalachian State said three uh, straight set wins where Appalachian State wouldn't score 20 points or more than 20 points. They scored, I think it was 11, 15, and 20. So uh, you can take this one to the bank. They will beat a team in straight sets this weekend. They've got three matches coming up. It's Western Kentucky, Northern Illinois, and Washington State. That Washington State matchup is going to be a very good test, number 22 in the country. It's going to be Northern Illinois that they beat in straight sets. And the other two matchups, Western Kentucky and Washington State, should be really good ones. I'm uh, going to agree as well, and I do think it will be against Northern Illinois. Third down. Copy. All right, uh, let's move away from ETSU athletics, but let's stay in college here. Bigger matchup this weekend LSU versus Auburn or Ohio State TCU? Go. Ooh, bigger matchup. Uh, I'll say this. The TCU one's intriguing because it's the last game, right? Urban Meyer's not coach. I know he coached during the week, but he's not coaching the game. Uh, TCU's usually known for defense. Ohio State's put up a ton of numbers. They go on the road. Could it come down to game management? And, again, Urban Meyer not there. Could that be the biggest difference? I think Auburn's going to absolutely smash LSU, so I'm too. going to go with the TCU-Ohio State game. I think that will be a better game in the long run. Auburn-LSU could be more important in determining the playoff scenarios. Of course, SEC regionally, it's, it's huge as well. But that being said, Ohio State-TCU, you look at uh, the Buckeyes, and they're probably going to be battling Wisconsin uh, and maybe even Penn State right down to the wire to see if the Big Ten can get a team in the playoffs. So two very big matchups, Auburn-LSU-Auburn in a landslide. I think Ohio State-TCU will be the better game. Fourth down. All right, now here's the fun part. Better season in East Tennessee, summer or winter? That's tough for me because I always hated winter in Minnesota. Now you come to East Tennessee, and the winters are very tame. You know, we're talking 15, 20 degrees at the lowest. Very rarely do you get snow. School is canceled when you get a light dusting. So I'm going to say my favorite is winter because it is so much better in terms of manageability and in terms of benefit for a student and me being a student myself, uh, getting to just walk into class kind of whenever you want. No, that's not true. That's not true. You don't just do whenever you want. But I had one snow day my entire time in Minnesota in like 16 years. And then you come here and I had three last winter and the temperature never got below 15 degrees uh winter is fantastic in east tennessee uh i'm going to go summer and it's not because i like heat because i do not but i like golf you like golf yeah. and playing For golf is uh, much better don't like you but you like but courses. golf is much better when it's 90 as opposed to 10 degrees i'm just i played a couple times you can't throw your hands golf on january 22nd yeah. last year yeah. it's incredible i mean you can catch the rare oh, january day where it's like 45 50 oh. 
But, no, I'm going to go with summer just because I, I can at least play golf. I'm going to be miserably hot. So I'm going summer. I'll play it in the winter, too. Uh, you'll feel the sting. You know, that's when the legends are separated from the everyday man. You go out, you play some golf in 10, 15-degree weather. You shoot an 84, it's like you shot a 54, and then you're the best golfer on the planet. Oh, well, here we go. There's four downs. Mike Gallagher's got to head out. got a couple things to do. Uh, just a reminder, the game tomorrow, 2.30 ETSU and VMI. Pre-game show coverage, 1, uh, 1 o'clock straight up. And you can listen on 640 WXSM, the Extreme Sports Monster, 104.9 WKOS. You can listen online, download the apps. We will not have a show tomorrow, Sanderson Psychic, because of the game being moved and travel schedules. We'll be back with you Monday. We'll recap the game against VMI. We'll certainly uh, play the highlights, get the sound bites, break that down fully. We'll also talk about bowl predictions. We'll send Jacob Towns our bowl predictions. Recap that on Monday as well. Big week for Santos and the sidekick. Big thanks to Crazy Coach Scott Walkenheim, Mike Gallagher, Trey Adams. I'm Jay Santos. We'll see you on our next episode of Sandos and the Sidekick. Download to SoundCloud, iTunes, Buccaneer Sports Network.